So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But you, but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? We talked about this. People relate to this. Welcome to Kafaru Cast, everyone. Uh, I had a uh, specific podcast I was going to do this morning, and I had to reschedule. So I actually posted something up on my uh, my Instagram page, see if anybody wanted to to hop on, kind of last minute. And uh, Stuart Holmes is on the other end here. Uh, you were nice enough to volunteer, man. Thank you. No problem. You wanted the best. Well, they couldn't make it, so you get me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually what we're going to talk about today is is uh, cooler. What I think we're going to talk about uh, totally different. And I had kind of a diet nutrition, uh, you know, expert type of thing coming on, and uh, just with the weather where they were at, they had to reschedule. So, uh, not saying we're just going to talk about photography and videography, uh, but I, that's. Um, kind of your your cup of tea or your I guess I would you could say hobby but it's not really your hobby it's your other second job um why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh you know kind of how you got into the video portion or the you know the outdoor portion of this yeah sure so uh yeah so I'm located in uh south Alabama um I work uh in steel manufacturing so I'm an executive there and um, you know, hunting has always been kind of, you know, a passion, uh, that I've had, you know, dad got me started at an early age and, uh, you know, specifically with archery even, and, and that's always kind of been there. It's been a kind of solid fallback and outlet for me. Um, and, um, you know, I think, I don't know, it's probably middle school, uh, or, or so, uh, my stepfather, uh, and, and mom at the time bought me a camera. And this is, you know, 35 millimeter, develop it yourself or take it to, you know, a, a pharmacy and have it developed. And it kind of started, photography kind of started from there uh, and then just kind of, you know, progressed and, you know, took some snaps of, of uh, mostly outdoor things growing up. And, and, and uh, you know, eventually this whole social media and Instagram and, and everything else uh, kind of provided just an outlet to put the two together. So it's kind of kind of cool how it developed. Gotcha. So, you know, above and beyond, uh, you know, dad got you in the outdoors and obviously what's, what's gotten you, I wouldn't say what's gotten you, how hard was it to pick it up to get to where you're at now? And why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social? So they'll probably be, you know, Googling that and looking at it while, while they're listening to this podcast, seeing some of your work. So where can they find you on like Instagram or YouTube? And then, you know, was it an easy thing? Did you pick it up quickly or was it an epic pain in the butt? <laughs> yeah. So on uh, Instagram, you, you can find me. My handle there is uh, s.g.holmes. And then uh, I've started a little YouTube thing, uh, which is Archer's Insight is the channel. Um, you know, I think, you know, photography, um, you know, getting started on social kind of, I, I think kind of really my goal was, you know, to, just to kind of post some pictures and things like that of, of photography and, and look at others. But at the same time, it's social, right? So the goal was to you know, try to meet uh, like-minded people, hunters, uh, you know, maybe exchange hunts, maybe exchange, uh, you know, down where we're at, you know, offshore fishing or what, whatever. So, so that was kind of like 
my goal in terms of the out, outdoor social media platform. Um, in terms of getting into it, I mean, it's, it, you know, I, I don't know if I've necessarily arrived or anything, but, uh, you know, I think the, the barrier to entry is pretty simple. I mean, you need a freaking camera and an internet connection and, you know, a little bit of creativity and, and, um, you know, essentially you're, you're there, but I think, you know, in order to meet or grow, I think that has, has certainly been interesting and a lot harder than I expected. Um, you know, you, you hear about, you know, algorithms and, and whatnot, but, um, you know, I, I think kind of finding your niche or finding, you know, your style is important. And it took me a while to kind of do that. Um, you know, it's maybe it's still not final or ever, I don't think it'll ever be final. It's ever developing, but, um, but yeah, I think, uh, I've kind of, you know, found my little, my little niche, I think, uh, so far. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's starting to get there, I guess you could say. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you may have oversimplified it some, but it's definitely true. You need a camera and if you don't have a great camera, you don't need an insane computer to run, uh, you know, the uh, mega donkeys, uh, you know, to, to run the programs to for editing and things like that. Yeah. But the, the reality when when people um, they get a hold of me, you know, when they're like, hey, I want to get into f- photography, you know, what what camera and lens and the, the basic and standard questions. Um, you know, there's also the attitude that, you know, you're going to need a computer and probably some editing software. I would suggest that, uh, you know, but you don't need anything crazy, right? You really, in my opinion, what you really need to do is learn photography or, or if you're going to be a video guy, um, learn the aspects of that. Meaning if you're a photographer, learn what shutter speed is and, uh, your depth of field, your, your aperture, your, you know, ISO white balance, you learn how to operate a camera and then start to learn composing a photo. You can do that at well before you ever, you can do that with your cell phone, but you can learn that quickly. And I, I think, you know, the biggest difference, you know, trying to explain to people with, it's not just the gear, the gear is a huge help, but you, you know, you can buy the best camera in, in the world. If you're running it on auto all the time, while you'll still take some good photos, you really want to put some effort into to learning, uh, you know, how to take a good photo and composing or, or, or video. Um, what are your thoughts on some of that? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's first and foremost. And I guess, you know, again, when growing up, so my, my stepfather that gave me a camera was an art teacher at a high school and um, he had a photography club. And, you know, again, this is going back to, you know, you're developing film with, you know, uh, chemicals and in dark rooms and, um, you know, in those days you, you didn't, you didn't really get to see the result until it's developed. Right. So, um, you know, you had to really think and have a lot of forethought into what you took and you might shoot a whole roll of one shot, uh, hoping to get one that works or, or something like that. So, you know, I think the, you know, exposure triangle is, is, you know, probably the first thing that people need to need to understand um, kind of in terms of basics. And then you can, you know, rule of thirds and just, you know, certain angles that, that look interesting or, you know, um, very helpful in terms of composition and, and what your end result will be. But I would agree. I mean, a lot of my Instagram got started with an iPhone. Um, you know, certainly the, the, you know, latter part is, is with a nice camera and, you know, some lenses and things like that. But, um, you know, these phones, I mean, you can even, you know, if you have Lightroom, for example, you download Lightroom to your, 
to your phone, you can shoot like in manual mode and shoot raw images with your iPhone uh, with the with the um, uh, Lightroom software. So you can do a lot with a phone. You don't, you know, the equipment, as you said, is really kind of the next level and, and you know, certainly things that can refine and, and, and bring out, you know, more data to edit. And then editing is probably the, the whole other, you know, next further step uh, from there. But, but yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, the basics are, are, are easy barrier to entry at this point. So what, what camera uh, system are you using now? Yeah. So right now I do most of my shooting with a uh, Sony a seven four. Um, and it's basically, it's a hybrid camera. And the idea there was, you know, stills have always kind of been my forte and what I really, um, you know, love to take. Uh, but you know, a lot of things are going to video, you know, so I think that the film aspect, the camera that had capability to do both was, was really what I was looking for. So I've got uh, a seven four, uh, which I absolutely love. So that was one that Sony dropped, um, not too long ago. And then most of my shots are using, I love, um, you know, I think in terms of focal length, I love kind of wide uh so 24 millimeter 1.4 uh, g master lens is kind of my my go-to uh lens for that camera i do most of my shots uh in video with that lens gotcha so um, when you talk about still so let's kind of break that down a little bit so i i have found or it seems that um everybody's going to have their own style meaning they might shoot in a shady house or a softer color or they may want a darker image or a little more contrast or whatever um that people also some are going to be a 7200 guy or a more wildlife photographer some might get into the uh, macro photography a little bit more closer up bugs things like that flowers uh and then some with the wide angle that to me is kind of where i started where i'm doing more camp shots or more i don't say in your face but up close and personal you know type of shots i've expanded a little bit but you know with that uh i I would imagine it seems like that's just naturally what the specific person or photographer calls to them You, you was that that way for you then Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think people are naturally going to be, you know, they like certain shots, you know, kind of like you said, some people are, you know, love macro. Some people, you know, maybe love to to reach out and touch somebody with a big zoom or wildlife. Um, But I think, you know, the style that, you know, at least outdoor style, I think that kind of landscape photography is going to ring true with most. Um, you know, and you, again, that wide angle, you can capture a lot with it, but at the same time, I mean, with that lens, I'm even capable of getting up close, you know, whether it's kind of zoomed in on, on, on photography or whatever, uh, zoomed in, sorry, on a product or, or whatever it's, you know, it's capable of doing that too. And I think, you know, giving some certain dimensions of, of, you know, a shot or a post, like I might do something and start out wide and then do a carousel where it starts to kind of zoom in or focus on a particular part of the, the, uh, photo, whether it's, you know, gear or whatever that I'm using. Um, that's, that's kind of my, my forte. Gotcha. So talk a little bit more, uh, about that as, as, um, you know, well, I put, like I posted a photo the other day, I was, 
don't know where I was driving, South Dakota maybe, and uh, snowstorm, and there was one tree left with all, like, all yellow leaves and about caused an accident flying off the side of the road to whip a Yui and then, <laughs> you know, get in the road. But I had to get in the, you know, this is obviously not professional, but I get in the highway to get the photo I wanted. Uh, I didn't cause an I say I caused an accident, but, you know, I you would have thought I was about to shit my pants or something, right. When I was getting off the side of the road. So, you know, there are certain, you know, photos to me that, that I see that others may not. And it's the same way there's, I've been with other photographers that have taken a picture. I'm like, well, why didn't I catch that? Um, you know, and, and those photos are generally what on, I've talked, I've talked about this many times on, on podcasts or seminars. For me, it's about stopping time, right? I, if you're videoing, it's different than photography to me because the, the photo or the stream of 10 or, or 40, it's telling a story, but it's got to tell the story with one captured image. And that may be steam coming out of a coffee cup, leaves falling, you know, droplets coming off of somebody sweating or whatever. Um, the thing is, is it's really hard to capture some of those things if you don't know how to operate the damn camera. Um, and I've had guys, yeah. you know, when I say that, <clears throat> pretty hard to be on auto, uh, in certain situations and catch a leaf, st stop a leaf in flight. Or, uh, when I say a leaf or water, for example, you, you actually need to get filters to get that creamy, milky look in water. Then you need to understand manual, right? As far as adding or subtracting, yeah. depending upon what you want, um, the look to be. So, with what right. you're talking about, it makes total sense, but there's a lot more to it than that. Dive into that more. Like when you're trying to catch something, what are you looking at to specific maybe settings is, a, is an idea, right? You know, when I say that, meaning like set somebody up yeah. right now and what settings you would have if you were trying to capture that. Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, maybe first and foremost so what the probably the two most used settings that i use for still photography are going to be you know manual and your aperture kind of priority um and it depends really on how how's your lighting and that's why you know i think for everybody to understand probably the first part of you know kind of a, a camera that has different settings is understanding your you know exposure triangle in terms of you know, aperture and, you know, shutter speed and ISO and all, all that. Um, so manual, uh, you know, obviously gives you more control over, you know, those three things specifically. Um, and, uh, but if you have constant lighting changes, so like, let's say you have, you know, really, it's really bright and all of a sudden you've got clouds that are passing over that are constantly changing your, your light and you're, you're, you're chasing, um, kind of your, your ideal light setting. Um, so if I have like, you know, ever changing, uh, lighting and I'm outside, you know, I might run and kind of like an aperture priority to kind of take one of those elements out. Um, uh, however, if I have very, you know, consistent cloud cover or very consistent bright and it's not changing, then I'm going to go to where I have, you know, control over everything. Um, so I think, you know, that's between those two settings is typically where I, you know, play in. Um, I think, you know, in terms of, let's say, you know, you go to take a shot or you have a certain shot in mind, um, you know, I already kind of have an idea of how I'm going to edit that even before I take the shot, 
because of, you know, the light situation. And it, you know, sometimes I'm surprised when I go to edit and end up with, you know, something that I didn't have in mind, but I have a, I have a particular goal or, you know, view in my head of, of how that photo is going to be edited. So, you know, say for example, you've got, you know, cloud coverage and, and typically I like to go with, you know, cool, dark tones, that photo or that set of photos are probably going to end up on that range uh, rather than kind of like your warm, you know, kind of fall orangey, maybe uh, overtone. So that's kind of my approach on, you know, manual settings and then uh, how even I would, you know, edit depending on a particular photo. So like um, when, when, if for people listening in right now, um, like I, I, I run an aperture priority almost all the, well, I don't almost all the time until I hit low light. Um, it's just yep. easier for me. And when I say low light, I go to full manual in low light situation. That's from focus on up. Um, there's other things though, that, that I, I try to dive into when I teach some of this stuff a little bit more of there's textbook and then there's what you want the photo to look like. And a lot of times for me, those are a lot yeah. dif- different. Um, and so oh, oh, yeah. if you were going to look at, like you talked about the triangle, um, for me, I, I usually look at a, a specific photo, especially in lower light that I find my biggest problem area. Generally, that's a damn light bulb, uh, the moon, whatever. It's going to be something that's going to blow, blow the, the, the photo out as far as light goes. And so it's like, okay, dropping the ISO, um, you know, obviously then I'm going to have to increase, uh, or decrease the shutter speed or what have you. And so I may want a darker, look on certain things because I'm going to have to take away, uh, you know, from that issue of that photo in the backdrop or forefront. Um, but I, but I know that ahead of time going into it, because really when I look at that photo, I'm going to be seeing it in my eyes the same way. And again, probably not explaining this the best, but if I'm trying to stop time and see what I'm seeing, you know, I may want... I don't know, let's pick something. I may want a skull that's in front of me. You know, I may want to see that a little bit more um, than what my I'm seeing at that time, you know, with my eye. But I can't um, I can't just dive in and go full auto or I can't go in there and like, you know, I'm going to need to figure out off the settings of my camera to get that perfect sp- space and place and time to show people. And when I do that, I don't knock those ones out of the park in a one and done in a cloudy day. I'm the best photographer ever. I might take 15 yeah. shots of that same, you know, and when it's dark, it's even worse because you think everything's brighter on your screen. Right. And it's, you and, and yeah, when I say yeah. you look at your screen, it always comes out darker. So I may take several different photos uh, or settings of that one photo. I can tweak some of it in Lightroom. But again, on my first photo, I have a really good idea of where I need to at least start with. And right. with what you're talking about, as you get into lower light, I think that's where some of the book gets thrown out the window. There's there's definite things that you have to follow the textbook rules. But some of that stuff I kind of tell people like, yeah, hmm, you're going to have shit can that thought process when you're doing that, man. Because uh, like shooting teepees or tents. It's not a yeah. one and done deal, dude. Those are a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I think um, so. 
yeah, you, you've got shots that like, it's going to take you probably one or two shots and, you know, you know, that shot you've been there and you've done that. And I think, um, you know, in those tricky shots, I think for me, kind of the approaches, um, you know, first is kind of my, my, you know, depth of field. Do I want to have pure clarity? Do I want to have, you know, something, you know, in focus and, you know, some bokeh or blur or whatever behind it. Um, so, you know, once I have that figured out, then your other two elements are things you, you know, you kind of have to play with. Um, and a lot of times I like, you know, if you look at your light meter on your camera, like, I don't always trust that, um, which, you know, that would be kind of your, by the book, you want to be there. But a lot of times I like shooting, you know, a stop or two, you know, below or underexposed for a certain shot, or, you know, I think things that you can't edit out or edit out in, in whatever software you're using is if something's out of focus, you, you're screwed. There's not much you can do. Um, so I think getting what you want in focus for me has been, you know, the, the, the biggest, uh, you know, priority. And then from there, I can always add some light, take away some light. You know, if it's too grainy though, then, you know, you're, you know, you can smooth things out, but then you get that kind of like plasticky looking, you know, uh, fake shitty, <laughs> cheap, you know, whatever object out of it. So, um, you know, you might want to, you know, get your, get your, uh, whatever you want in focus and then take, as you said, take a couple shots and start, you know, several different settings, move around your, your light meter a bit, um, to play with it. Cause I think, every shot you have in mind, I mean, you kind of learn from it. So if you know, you, you've, you've shot that moon or that TP before, like, you know, your starting point from the last time. Um, so I think kind of like logging that in your, you know, brain or whatever is, is going to obviously help you, you know, the next time around. Yeah. And I, that's one thing I left out that you, you brought up knowing what your capabilities are after the photo in post processing is a, is a big one. Cause right. I, I, you know, there's a lot of um, photos that I'll take that I'll quickly look at the, uh, you know, the photo on my screen. Like, yeah, you know what? I can work with that. And it may not look good there, but know that, you know, what I may or may not do to it in, in post. And I don't mess with Photoshop myself. I'm a um, I'm a Lightroom guy, um, you know, and I don't yeah. do a lot of the multi-photo overlays. Uh, you know, I do see d different photography pages where, um, you know, it's however many photos overlapped or, you know, I, I'm not into that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I just never had the, I guess if that was a love I had, I would go, you know, balls deep into that learning how to do that. Um, so, you know, right. for, for me, I really like when we're doing, you know, when you're talking about wide angle, let's say we're in a, a, a shelter, um, you know, or by a campfire, you know, I don't want it. I, I want that photo to be as realistic as, as it was when we were, you know, s sitting there taking the photo. Meaning if I have somebody with a headlamp on, I might have them knock it down a stop or two. So it's not blown out or if they're messing with their tent or whatever, but man, I'm, I'm really thinking about after I take this photo, what I have left with what, what, what I can tweak with it also in, in post, how much are you using Lightroom? Yeah. Um, and is Lightroom kind of your cup of tea? Is that kind of your preferred software? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely uh, like Lightroom. That's that's kind of my go-to. And um, you know, I think that uh, you know when you 
again, it's what you can control and can't control. I think it's kind of, you know, playing around with that in a, in a lot of instances. I, I, I don't do uh, too much over, like, like my editing process is really pretty quick. Um, you know, there might be some photos, like there's a, like if there's a particular shot or two that I really wanted to work out in my head <laughs> and then I get it and it's kind of like, you know, iffy. I might spend a lot of time trying to get it uh, somewhat decent. I think it also, though, depends, like, what is that photo going to be used for? And, you know, I think if it's a social media post, like on Instagram, this is another thing. I don't know if you go, go too deep into that, but it gets the photo gets compressed so much. And most people are looking at this stuff on, a you know, a few inch screen. Right. And of that screen, only, you know, maybe a third of it is, has the photo on it. So you can kind of get away with more, you know, something, you know, slightly out of focus or, you know, there's some grains or, or whatever, and, and you're smoothing things out. I think you can get away with more than that. But if you're like, you know, going to frame something, that's a total different ball game. And, and um, at least in, in, in you know, uh, my experience, um, you have to be a lot more spot on. So it kind of depends on what I use it for. That's how much I, time I spend it in, in, in uh, Lightroom. Yeah. And I, you know, it's good for cataloging, which I suck at, but it is good for that. Um, you know, I, my photography is kind of like my life. It's all over the board. So there are times where I wish I was better at, um, certain things on, uh, uh, you know, Hey, uh, man, I need this photo for the catalog. And then I'm like, Oh, and then about an hour and five minutes later of digging through 3,700 photos, I found it. Um, that's something I strongly encourage people to get really, really, um, accustomed to is organization of your photos out yeah. of the gate. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I have really screwed that up now. Like if I look at my, my, I have a, a, a one of the newer Macs, um, and looking at it, I, uh, it, you know, for my folders on, I'm looking at it right now. I have old photos, archery 2022, elk 2022, antelope 2022 fall, uh, 2022 fall, uh, 2022 Levi Morgan. That is about as good as I get, which is really, really actually horrible. Um, it's, it helps. <laughs> right. But it's, uh, so what you want to like, how many photos, <laughs> how many photos is in one of those folders? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I, so I've gotten really good, honestly, at, at, at certain portions of it. I, I, I put the raw and the edited photo in there because like some companies, if they want to use one, they may want the raw, right. They may not want my, my edited yeah, version. Uh, yeah, you know, I know that is I have fucked that up a lot and here I am looking for a raw photo. Like, why do you like, why don't you like my masterpiece? Right? Like what's wrong with, and then I can't find the raw photo and they don't use it. I'm like, well, poop. Um, the other thing too, is when you start doing work, meaning when you get hired to, uh, do a, a photo shoot, and you can talk about this more more than than me, but there's a few ways this happens. You may just hand over the card to someone that handles all of the editing mm -hmm. after that. You may be the person that photographs and edits. The way I've looked at it is if I've done a photo shoot for a specific company, like let's pick it, what bow do you shoot? Uh, I've got two. I've got a an Omen. Uh, PSC Omen. I've got a Matthews V3X29. Since I know Matthews would never do this, we're going to say PSC hired you and I to go do a uh, photo shoot for content, for magazines, for everything. 
at the end of that day, I'm right. just handing my SD cards over to a dude. I, I don't edit those mm -hmm. and I haven't for the jobs I've been hired for. Now, if I get paid to go right. to, on a hunt with a guy, I am more than most likely in charge of the whole kit and caboodle. I'm editing. I'm doing, right. if he's doing a coffee table book, I'm doing the whole shittery. So on the financial side, you have to take that into consideration because the, the the editing sometimes can take a lot more than the, or I shouldn't say editing, going through all of the photos. Because when I get hired for one of those, I'm just burning up mega donkeys. I'm on auto, like full on, you know, 249, M249. Like I'm wrapping, you know, guys' eyes might be open or closed or whatever. <laughs> um, I may have 3,500 yeah. photos in a day. You want to dive into that a little bit, um, how you handle those things? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't have as much experience, I think, on the on the getting hired by company side, but uh, I can definitely see where they're, you know, whoever's making their catalog or whoever's on their staff, they want to be in complete control over the look and feel because that's their brand, right? So I think, you know, whatever the brands look and feel for that particular season or that particular, you know, bow drop that they do or, you know, pack or gear or whatever, they want to have that same look and feel throughout their, their catalog or through their website or whatever else. I think that, um, you know, them having the control over that is, is, uh, certainly, you know, you know, kind of a, kind of a given, um, I would assume. And you're right. Like, those those are in in essence to me a lot easier because I think editing is so personal that you kind of like you're putting your eye your look and feel and and kind of how you envision something but then you could give the same photo like you and I could you know you could give me your SD card and I pop it in and edit how I see fit and then you look at it and go well that's not really what I was going for I mean you, you know you and I have a have a different view probably on something and I think. Um, whereas someone's paying for a photo shoot, um, you know, they're kind of trusting you because in a lot of cases they, they just, they just want to have some badass photos at the end of the day, right? They're not going for a look and feel or brand image or anything. They just, they, like you said, they want to have some badass photos, awesome memories. Um, but it's going to, it's going to take a ton more time, uh, especially when you're talking about a hunting trip, I can't imagine, um, you know, you're, you're going through, okay, every single photo, what's in focus, what's out of focus. Um, you know, you may have a certain edit that you could use in multiple photos, for example, because, you know, that, that scene was all the same and you could make that, you know, um, probably a, you know, a quick edit. And then in other cases, you know, uh, whether you're on the you know bottom of the mountain, top of the mountain, lighting's different on one side, maybe you're doing a, you know, they've, they've got one down or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, I can't imagine how many hours you would take, uh, on a hunt, like say a five day hunting trip. Like how, how long does that take you? Like edit wise a, d a day. Um, and it's a good d day, meaning I may start out in the morning, edit for a while, go work out, uh, you know, answer some emails, edit for a while, uh, answer some more messages, edit, um, you know, whatever, you know, your normal day is. And I'm sprinkling in 30 minutes to 90 minutes of editing, rest the eyes, you know, probably by three, I'm throwing in some screwball to the edit. So they may go a little sideways, maybe 5 p.m. <laughs> but, um, you know, by the time it's said and done, like, 
what what you had said is a hundred percent true. If you're doing it what I consider the right way, it is a twenty four hour job other than when you're sleeping. And even in that case, you may want to get some photos where the whole camp's sleeping. And so the lighting situation, since it's not that you're not in a um an environment that is very uh, you're not in a controlled environment or, or or a controlled lighting environment. Each edit as throughout the course of the day and each day is different. One may be blasted out with sun. Uh, one may be super cloudy. Yeah. One, you know, one of those days may have a lot of rain involved in it, which doesn't necessarily any much different than when it's cloudy. But I can tell you the photos are going to be probably different than they were because you're also worried about your your camera gear to a certain degree and you're trying to get a different look. Anytime it's raining for me yeah. or the conditions go to shit, that's when I get the camera out because one, I'm going to get the misery on someone's face. That's important. Uh, you know, <laughs> the other one too, if you're building a fire, you got to have that fire in there. If you're, or, uh, you know, the, the, the rain dripping, like a lot of times what I'll try to do in that, that environment is, um, oh, I kind of have a mini tripod. I'll get the camera up and where I see, uh, you know, water dripping off, that may be a hundred shot scenario, a uh, hundred photo scenario, even though I got water dripping on every one because people are moving around the camp and I might have them stop. The fire may have more or less wood on it. If I'm trying to get something in front or behind that or drying clothes and I'm trying to get the steam coming off of them. So if you're doing it right, Oh, it's an epic Royal pain in the dick. It, it, when I say, right. <laughs> um, if you're really looking for what that true one photo that captured time, yeah, you're going to capture an entire 12 hour day of your own time trying to get the best, let's say 150 photos out of 15 to 2,500. Um, and that's on the low end. Like I've done a few of them where I look back and I'm like, did I really need to hit the shutter button that much? Jesus. Like, good Lord. (laughs) You can just hear the Mac go as it's loading up the photo. Oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, uh, and, and, you know, the, the organization aspect to that, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a nerd accountant by, you know, by trade. And um, so my file structure is pretty OCD. Um, so for everything, you know, it, typically I order folders by numerical order and, um, you know, organize, you know, like you said, you've got your, you know, raws or, you know, pre-edits, post-edits. Um, you know, and then if I, you know, say I'm on a trip or something like that. So I was in South Dakota, uh, also around the same time you were actually not too far from you and had, you know, like by day. And then if there's certain events, uh, I might organize even like by event and it's all numbered. So I'm not like searching and looking for, for files. Gotcha. But that's the nerd in me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, uh, um, you know, when you look at it, I would say uh, err to the side of the nerd uh, of this because I can tell you on the other side, it sucks when you're digging for photos. But so some of the other questions that I have, have gotten, you know, where I used to be way more into the gadget side of this. Now I'm a pretty meat and potatoes guy. Like I head into the field, uh, whether it's a little bit different if I'm just photoing for me or content for the company or whatever. Um, compared to, I don't have yeah. a weapon. The weapon goes, the 7200 is probably coming with me. Um, the weapon's with me, that 7200 is probably staying at home. Uh, I don't want to pack it. And I'm yeah. just going to get different photos. So with that, though, I'm, um, 
you know, I'm shooting a, a Canon R5 or an R3. Um, I'm a big, I, I like a wider uh, angle lens. So whether that be a 16 to, I guess now it's a 15 to 35 uh, on that RF mm-hmm. or even going down even lower, even sometimes a fisheye lens. Need that, probably going to need a 50 or, you know, if you're you looking at golden, the Trinity or whatever, the 24 to 70, but I'm not really going over a 24 to 70 or 24 to 105. And sometimes I'll just bring one lens. Now, when... Yeah. People ask with that, like as far as bringing that in, I only literally, the only filter I bring is the one to protect my, you know, it's just to pre- technically protect for me my my camera lens. I'm not bringing any filters, um, you know, whether it's like a three, five, seven stop filter. I'm not, I'm not bringing any of that. I have a tripod that's very basic. I don't use a battery grip um, with the R5 and 3. The, the batteries actually, you know, you're looking at a thousand photos per battery or whatever it is. So I don't worry too much about that. And uh, I'll bring um, a shutter release or an app on my phone. And that is it. Other than the cleaning kit, I don't really bring a lot of stuff, man. I've been on photo shoots with guys where I'm like, Jesus Christ on his throne, you're going to carry all that. And I'm just more of a simplistic guy. Are you simple, complex, or kind of in the middle? No, I'm, I'm super simple. I, I've, I've been down the road of packing too much shit and a bow and, and all that. And, um, if I, you know, as you said, like if, if I'm hunting and, and, you know, trying to you know take some shots and stuff like that, like I've got, in that case, I've got another camera. I've got, you know, the, uh, a, basically the, the Sony crop sensor, like a 6,500 and it's just smaller, it's compact. And, and most of the time, if I'm doing that, I'm taking stills, I'm not doing video and I'm running you know, 24 to 105 one lens, uh, that's, um, you know, it's a G series lens. So it's, it's good quality glass, but it's, everything's more compact. It's lighter um, easier to deal with. So that's, if I'm, if I'm hunting and, and, um, you know, doing, you know, taking some shots, that's what I'll run. Um, I don't, I mean, I love primes for stills, but in that situation, I'm not going to carry, I mean, basically I'd carry a 24 and 50. Um, I'm like you, I don't, I don't really go much. I mean, I've got a 24 to, to 70, you know, zoom lens, but I don't use much over 50 to be honest with you. Um, and if I've got my a seven four, um, kind of a similar situation, I mean, a 24 to one Oh five does a lot. Um, but even then, like I could, uh, I could get away. There's, um, you know, even, even, I think it's a 17 to, that I can't remember, but it's another wide angle kind of zoom lens that, that you can run that I like. And then on that camera, there's, you can go into crop sensor mode to like, say, you know, you need to get out and have more reach. I can hit a button and, um, go to, uh, you know, basically I think the conversions like 1.5, like whatever your focal length is times 1.5, like I can get out a little bit more. So I could take a 24 millimeter and basically, you know, um, you know, turn it into something a bit more if I needed to. Yeah. You don't get all the data cause you're using part of the sensor. Um, but again, if you're compressing something and you're putting it on a post for social media, it's not a problem. And in a lot of cases, even if you're, uh, you know, taking something, um, for somebody, it's, it's not a big deal either. So I'm, I'm simplistic. I don't like carrying a bunch of junk. And I, honestly, like 
my biggest gripes is gripe is uh, something to carry my camera gear with my hunting gear <laughs> um, that makes it easy. I mean, it's like the most awkward, you know, thing to carry around, uh, especially if you're hunting. So I'm simple. Yeah. So uh, while we get on that one, and I think people are let down, almost like seeing maybe some of my clothing packing lists for when I'm going on a backpack hunt, because I'm like, well, I got my underwear and it's, I don't bring that much shit. Um, yep. You know, hey, what are you using to carry uh, on a backpack hunt? Put your camera in. And I'm like, my sweater. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, uh, I have, I have a little waterproof ape case thing. That's not very heavy. I'll bring that sometimes. But when, when I go in, I, I truly like with my camera lens. So usually I'll have my camera on me when I'm hiking in and I say on me, like I got a peak, yeah. uh, design camera yeah. strap or whatever. Um, and then I've yep. got one extra lens and that's generally wrapped up in my puffy jacket. Um, stuffed in yeah. my pack because I'm already sucking hind titty on the way in to begin with. Cause I got, you know, 24 pounds of food or whatever. So especially if I got to bring a spotter yeah. as well. So, and then my cleaning kit, I have these two part wipes, one wet wipe, one dry wipe I bring. Um, I've got a little rubberized sticky thing that I kind of can roll and get debris off of. I've got a hurricane wind blower. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I guess that's it. I don't really have much other than that. Um, you got to yeah. kind of be willing to fry your camera too at times. I'm not saying try to break it, but if you put it away, anytime danger lurks, you're going to miss some of the most epic shots you could possibly have. If you're poor, I get it. When I say poor, you, you know, you lose that. You're going to get a divorce because you spent all the money you saved up on a camera. I understand that. <laughs> but, you know, when we go to do river crossings, that thing's coming out right now. I may not photo myself crossing sure. that bastard, but I may get out on the log in the middle, sit down and, you know, do that leading line where I've got the camera right on the log so I can see somebody shit in their pants, their face as they're trying to cross. I think that's you need those shots to me. No, hundred percent. I I totally agree, man. I totally agree. Now I'm I'm not quite, you know, throw my, you know, fifteen hundred dollar lens in a in a tube sock, but <laughs> but uh, I could see the simplicity in it for sure. Well, and I think when I say that, like I don't. Uh... If I have it in a fleece or a puffy jacket, that is as protective of as any um, lightweight lens yeah, protection right. I found, and that's kind of where I'm like. So I've got a neoprene wrap that, uh, you know what I mean, that I paid for to hold this or some kind of a, one of the, uh, you know, protective socks or whatever. And then I'm like, or I've yeah, got, that's, you that's know, what I've got. yeah, those are good. I just, when I go super Spartan, I'm like, you know what? That puffy jacket's almost as padded. Mm, yep. That fucker's staying home, bring the puffy, wrapping it in that. <laughs> I, but you do have to probably be, waterproof too. <laughs> well, the other thing they have to worry about is, oh, I'm cold, and you go to rip out the puffy, and the the, the lens is in there. I've done that a time or two. Like you got to remember, there's actually a lens in the puffy before you go to put it on. Yeah, that wouldn't go over too well. It'd be, I, I wouldn't want to tell my wife I'd you know busted up a lens. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you fried cameras yet or anything? Have you had any issues? So I had. One of my first crop sensor cameras was an A6000. And that freaking little camera, I mean, we we did some shit with that camera. And I, uh, so at that time, I was like big into, you know, some endurance sports and stuff like that. And I'd, I'd go, you know, um, 
triathlon type stuff and go cycling and swimming and whatever else. And I, a lot of times we go cycling or whatever with a group of group of guys and, um, I'd throw it in my Jersey pocket, you know, and it would, dude, it would get, you know, all the sweat. I mean, you've been to Alabama, you've shot down here, you know, how humid, nasty it is. Right. Oh yeah. And, um, well, so eventually over time, I think that I sweated that fucker to death. Um, I think it basically, you know, sweat got in it and corroded and freaking killed it. Um, so that was, that, that was the only camera that I've ever done that with. And then from there I got a little smarter and decided to protect it a bit more, like maybe wrap it with <clears throat> something, a barrier of something that will, you know, help it breathe a bit. But, so yeah. while we're bringing that up, like the, uh, some of the issues with, the the, the elements, um, you know, snow doesn't worry me at all, uh, you know, because it's cold and wet and frozen. Right. And so like I that one's not yeah. as big of a deal and humidity is not a big deal uh, when you're out in the elements with snow. Um, you know, when you get in your tent, you're almost better. And I've argued this with people before. If it's extremely humid in your tent or heated shelter. I'll actually wrap my camera, pull the battery out to save battery life and put it at the very minimum in my yeah. vestibule to get it away from the condensation, as well as have the lens in the morning ready to go for the temperatures I'm heading into outside. If I bring it in, it's warm from the inside. I go outside. I immediately have uh, frost and fog. Um, you know, yep. you really need to pay attention to that. I, I, and again, I've had a lot better luck even leaving it outside in a waterproof container so I don't get the condensation from inside my shelter. Yeah, not a good idea. I think the temperature changes from, you know, especially if you've got like a, uh, you know, wooden stove or something in a, in a, you know, canvas tent, it's, it's a lot freaking warmer in there than it is outside. You're dealing, as soon as you get up, you know, you're dealing with, you know, your lens is fogging and, and all that. Um, the, uh, I think down here, like I've, I've done some photography on some boats and stuff, like doing some offshore stuff, saltwater's a bitch. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I don't, I don't think I'll be bringing a, a really nice camera on a, on a saltwater adventure unless it's fully freaking protected. And it's, you know, it doesn't even have to come into contact with saltwater itself, but even, I think even the humidity carries like you know, a certain percentage of salinity that will um, definitely uh, jack your shit up. Yeah, I haven't uh, had been lucky enough to mess with, I mean, a little bit, but not at that, not at that level around the, you know, with the salt water. The, the one thing I would say a um, little bit off the subject of this is, is uh, I've, I've, I, I strongly encourage people to, uh, with a rifle, for example, when you're going into where you might be jump shooting or have a close-up offhand shot, for me, I'm not a big safety guy, so I put one upstairs, but I leave the bolt up, so that's my safety. I have to take okay. my hand off where the safety is and drop the bolt, or even if it's a client, because then I know they can't blast my fucking eardrums out. Uh, they have to drop the <laughs> bolt, and I know to back off. Uh, but we're dialing that scope back so we have the widest field of view. We're prepping for the situation that is coming at our forefront, at our, our right up front. The camera is no fucking different, yep. and I see people screw that up all the time. Like, if I'm in a fast and furious uh, type of, let's say we're on a stock, we're peeking over cliff edges, I am not shooting in manual focus. Like, I may not nail it. No. no. Yeah, you, you're going to screw that up. The other thing is, 
I'm not in manual anything at that point. Like I'm an aperture priority and I'm going to have, let's say I'm going to be set up at like five, six, a neutral six, five, whatever, some kind of a neutral shutter speed, uh, or excuse me, neutral, uh, F stop depth of field aperture. Aperture. Thank you. And, uh, I'm going to just let her rip there and have ISO on auto because I mean, man, like let's say a deer pops up and looks at you and you're over there fidgeting around and then, you know, one, it's movement you don't want to do when you're when you're behind the guy taking the shot. But also, you're probably going to screw it up and not get it anyway. And then you're this, the, the silent mode, you, you know, nothing like getting sub, you know, 10 yards on an animal. And all of a sudden, your cameraman's going, and it sounds like a rattlesnake. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. different things kind yeah, of no, think I've, about. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty good. I've I've not been you know with somebody in that situation, but I've been in situations where I didn't really like think ahead, which is a, not normal for me. Usually, I'm a couple steps ahead. Um, but I think you know going to auto, like if you talk to you know I don't know whatever the popular opinion is, like going to auto for a photographer just like sounds like you just committed a sin or something, but. Hell yeah, man. And like in a situation like that, I would, you know, I'd be in auto and I'd have my freaking shutter speed, especially if it's going to be something quick happening and try not to blur. That, that'd be the only thing I'd think about, um, which I guess, you know, in, in auto, it's, it's you know, kind of going to try to correct for as much as that as possible. But I'd have my shutter speed as fast as possible to make sure it doesn't blur. And then I'd, you know, be in, uh, I'd hold that freaking, um, hold the trigger down and let her eat. <laughs> yeah, and, and with that shutter speed, the one thing that I um, encourage is at least uh, 500s. You need to be at least at that speed or above um, if you're going to try to get arrows in flight, uh, animals, clarity of animals moving. Um, anything above that is a bonus. Um, so when you're looking at low light, you're probably fucked. Um, you're not going to get that. Uh, or at least... I haven't had the best luck of just, you know, but on a cloudy day where I can be at, at, at five hundredths to a thousandth, um, man, I'm probably going to look like the best photographer in the world. I love cloudy days. It makes me so much better. No harsh lighting, you know, no edges. Uh, Yeah. Me me too. That's, that's my favorite. So, you know, a lot of the stuff I do is like, I'll wait for like, I'm not doing, you know, something, you know, uh, for somebody and I have a choice, like I'm going to wait for good weather to, to go take some shots or, or whatever else. Cause it's, you know, I, I already know, like, like I said before, like I know how that's going to turn out for the most part. I know the edit that will come and it's like a, you know, 30 second ordeal and I've got to got exactly what I wanted. Well, like yesterday, um, our photographer, it's uh, David D. Austin. Wait, he does more than that, but he, we had to fade. We have a wind jacket coming out, and it is like seven degrees, blasting sun, and white as shit. Literally the worst possible yeah. scenario for. I hate that. Um, you got to tweak some yeah. of your settings because of your your metering gets a little bit thrown off, um, or your exposure value, whatever. Uh, and so yeah. like, and, but he's a rock star, right? So he's good at it. But like, we're trying to get, like, we're pivoting the shot. We're faking it anyway, right? Cause we're, I just want to show people how it looks, what, how the fit and everything, but you know, I'm shooting a bow, pulling arrows, but we're having to like, he's having to pivot multiple different angles just cause of this, how harsh the freaking lighting is. And 
you know, it's like photographing a late season goat hunt. Just hand me a bottle of scotch and a handgun because that's going to suck because one, you're freezing. Yeah. <laughs> Two, you're going to probably smoke your, yeah. your camera. Three, everything's white and you're hunting a white animal. Yay. I mean, right. those are hard. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, but, you know, the silver lining to maybe not quite that situation, but, you know, and I, this kind of even goes back to the lenses, not to like backtrack any, but like you have to use your freaking brain a bit more and you have to, you know, start to think like, all right, can I use a shadow or can I, if this angle, you know, is the sunlight less harsh from this angle or, you know, even, you know, back again, back to lenses of focal length, like I think you know, sometimes shooting in primes, for example, will make you get more creative and kind of like it pushes, it challenges you a bit more to figure it out. I mean, some of those blown out situations, I think you're just kind of fucked, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think, I think you become a better photographer, uh, given some challenges. Uh, certainly there's a limit to it, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of like, you know, I like those difficult situations sometimes. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the the difficult situations, you know, one man shits another man's gold. There's certain difficult situations that I love. Cold weather is definitely never. I I I have rain-ons. I lose the fingling in my fingers. They turn purple, then white. Yeah. I can't feel the buttons. Oh, those are yeah. those are rough ones for me. Like when you say a difficult situation, like hey, we're we're hiking in uh, twelve miles. So, Oh yeah. I'm going to get all you guys suffering on that one. Like I'm going to, when you're hunched over right, and right. sweat's coming off your face. Yep. I'm going to be right in front of you going, ha ha, snapping photos. You know what? If we're going in <laughs> in the cold, you're going to be doing that to me. Um, Cause it's just, yeah. there's certain things that I know I'm not going to be as good as someone else in, in cold weather is one of them. But when you like yeah, photographing in Alabama of, um, the humidity's bad, but actually the, the the photography portion of it, other than the humidity, maybe crushing your system um, or, you know, jacking with your sensor or maybe getting some, you know, funk on that thing. And then obviously fogging up your lenses. But uh, Alabama is a pretty place like there's uh, well, not every, all parts yeah. of it, but. Man, some of the plantation looking, um, you know, some of the houses, the uh, what you look at for, you know, oh, what, yeah. what I envision is awesome trees to photograph obviously the bark on like alligator moss. bark what's that yeah moss like the yeah. you know we have, still have the natural moss hanging from the old oaks and stuff it's it's beautiful yeah oh yeah for for sure but yeah you know you also when you when you um i bring a i bring a fish eye a extremely wide angle anytime i go to alabama uh, and I, I've purchased lenses just for that to get those trees and that moss, uh, you know, and the tree stand shots. I mean, let's face it, you, you don't have a lot of platform to be hanging off of to get great photos from a tree stand. So, you know, I'll use a wide angle a lot from a tree stand where I may get it on a camera arm, set it up to where you can see me messing with the pack or, you know what, you know what I mean? Hanging up the yep. bow. You're going to have to have like a 12 millimeter for me with low distortion, edge, edge to edge distortion, not a fisheye, but low edge to edge mm -hmm. distortion. That's like a perfect tree stand lens yeah. for me. If you're not trying to film the hunt. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I bought, what was it? I think it's like lone wolf custom gear. Like they're they got this like little lightweight oh, little camera arm. The bomb.com. I've got extends one. Out. Yeah. Oh, it's money. It's probably the best thing I bought. Cause I tried to fool around with, um, I can't even remember the name of the brand, but this thing weighed like, 
freaking 15 pounds it felt like a pain in the ass to set up it's got an adapter that goes on the tree then you got to level that i mean this lone wolf, wolf uh, custom custom gear camera arm it's uh, anybody that's interested i'd say you know yeah it's, it's pricey but freaking go do it <laughs> yeah i'm actually that's funny i'm wearing a lone wolf custom gear hoodie right now um i did kind of a pack load up uh last few days or, or a couple weeks different to different ways to load up uh, my lone wolves but that camera arm even if I'm not really, because I'm not a big video guy, I don't even really like being on video. Uh, but man, I love having that in the tree stand, that that arm, even if it's just to get some product shots yeah. on my own. Because let's face it, if you're in the tree by yourself, what photos can you actually get by holding your arm out and not looking like a moron? Um, you know, yeah. with, within reasons, <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of need the arm. Yeah. Well, you, you've got, you know, without an arm, you've got like two shots. You can take a picture of your shot hanging on a bow, <laughs> uh, a bow hook, or you can take the, you know, quintessential, like, you know, down at your tree stand with your feet looking down or something, you know, like that's kind of your two shots is, is ultimately it. Um, otherwise your angles are limited. And then, you know, if you want to get a goofy, you know, uh college girl selfie then you know that's possible too but <laughs> yeah. yeah need it, an arm i was messing around with that arm like with the grunt tube you know and so you know i'm i'm setting it up 10 second uh you know countdown pivoting the arm out getting it ready and you know talk about get made fun of if somebody is filming and then there i am going man man with the grunt tube in my mouth and i'm like look how far i've fallen i'm trying to f selfie myself with a grunt tube in my mouth but i'm like <laughs> You know, and what it was, was like where I hold, you know, I use a Rogan. It's kind of like a fanny pack thing and I keep my grunt tube and everything in there. And so I'm like trying to do this on my own. I'm like, huh, yeah. I'd probably be making fun of myself if yeah. I was watching myself right now. But So so I got a story on, on you know, on that. You stooped low. So uh, I was in South Dakota this year, uh, pronghorn hunting and, um, and, uh, I'm sitting there in these, you know, these little box blind things, or it's like a freaking truck bed or whatever. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking around. I'm like, God, this is beautiful. There's just not, you know, I don't have all these grassy plains and all this, you know, fun stuff. I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking of a million different shots as I'm trying to hunt. I really, I should be there just, you know, killing something. But uh, kind of the, the hunt started to get over and one of the guides was up on uh, a hill, like really far off with a spotting scope. And, um, uh, cell phone service didn't really work that great where I was. And, um, you know, I get along this like fence post area and, you know, I'm taking some shots and set everything up <clears throat> and he's looking at me like, the holy hell is this freaking redneck from Alabama doing? And, um, you know, I, you know, I move around and he's like, dude, were you on a stalk or something? Look like you were on a stalk. You're down on your knees and in the grass and everything else. And I was like, no, just taking some, <laughs> taking some product shots, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, you do what you got to do as far as that goes. I, I think that, um, one of the reasons, like when I, my photo, you know, taking photos kind of went down when I picked up the recurve was the amount of effort I had to put into the recurve and the lax time I had a little bit before with a compound, uh, was taken up. And so I didn't take as many photos. Now I'm bringing the camera more. And, um, but as I say all that, one of the biggest things is it's kind of like packing in a pistol into grizzly country. Then you put it in the lid of your pack. 
probably not going to save your life, right? Probably not going to do a lot of good. So the camera is the same way. You got to have the camera out. And so like for me right now, I've got an R3. It's right beside me, but I, you know, so it doesn't get stolen. I have that in the front seat of my truck, generally with a 50 on, sometimes with a 70 to 200. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and that's just for those roadside photos. That may be a giant deer, elk, whatever. That could be, I'm, I'm really into the old homestead windmill photos. Um, I love those yeah. older buildings. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stop for those. And I've, I've gone, like, I've literally had like, like farmers or, or cattle ranchers look at me like I've had a horn coming out of my ass. Like I got some kind of signed angle, you know, I'm like, uh, sir, <laughs> can I go over and take a photo of your barn? And they're like, looking at me literally like I, I have a fungus on my face. I'm like, I'm a photographer. It, it's a really cool bar. And they're like, yeah, it's my barn. I'm like, yeah, can I take a photo of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll send you some raws and give you that SD card. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like he's like, I've walked into that barn every day. It holds my tractor, asshole. What do you want? But I'm thinking or or windmills or some of those big longhorn yeah. bulls. You know, I'll, I've, I've, I've had uh, a photo. My buddy's got one called Snowflake. It's a giant white like longhorn or whatever. But just when I see a photo of something, I, I stop, you know, and, and uh, you know, obviously I don't want to break any rules or trespass, but I've definitely knocked on some doors and got some funny looks like old cars that are broke down in, in a field. Um, I like that yeah. look, but they're like, it's a broke yeah. down car, Dick. I've had to look at that for 40 years. I'm like, can I take a picture of it? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, man, out West, I mean, you guys can see, you know, most cases you can see pretty, pretty far and, you know, spot stuff. I think driving around here, like, you know, in Alabama, it's usually if there's something cool down a dirt road, like you better know somebody before you, you know, freaking venture off there. Um, but, you know, so it's all about like, uh, you know, connections and, and buddy system to, to get on certain things. Um, but yeah, out West, honestly, if I could, if I could move the, the steel, uh, mill and everything out there, I'd, man, I'd, I'd love to do it. It's, it's so beautiful. Um, and maybe it's, you know, I think another thing is, you know, like you mentioned here, like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, you've got the old, like, plantation homes and, you know, the, you know, cool tree and moss and all this stuff. Like, I grew up with that. Like, I grew up, um, you know, seeing a lot of that. So you kind of, like, take a, a lot of that for granted. And, like, if I went out west, there's probably things I'd look at and think that were awesome that maybe you would oversee. I don't know. Um, but I think, you know, wherever your home base is, I think you have to keep in mind, like, not to overlook or – um, you know, just take life around you, uh, you know, too much for granted. Yeah, I agree. I actually agree a hundred percent on that because, uh, it's like Joe dirt, right? Your home's where you make it. When you have made home in a specific yeah. <laughs> spot, you definitely take for granted what you have at that spot, especially after multiple years of things that are, there's like a look of wonderment in my eye as we go by like one of those older plantation homes. And you're like, yeah, I've driven by that every day. And I'm like, hey, can you pull over? I'll get a photo. Scotty down in, um, you know, my my kind of my my partner in in, in outfitting or whatever, and 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 like my brother, you know, in North Texas, I'm having stopped to take pictures of wind turbines. I'm like, hey, the gate to that house is cool. Pull over. I, and I'm sure at certain points he's yeah. like, motherfucker, man, just fucking give it a rest. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm looking at dip, tumbleweed flying across the fucking road. You know, whatever. But that's 
well, that's badass. I mean, like, where do you get to see that stuff? You know what I mean? Like the, um, so I travel Well, I was traveling a lot more before COVID and all that for work, but I'd take my camera. I, I take it everywhere I go. And we, um, uh, I travel to Europe probably three or four times a year, even now. <clears throat> and, um, the last trip we had this, you know, like a management meeting and all these people from different countries and all that. And they're, you know, you're stuck in a, you know, workshop or something or offices. And I'm like dying to get outside because like we're in Northern Finland, like way up around the Arctic circle. And I'm just, you know, looking at so much cool stuff. Uh, there's, you know, freaking, you know, reindeer for them. It looks like caribou for us, but they act like cows, but uh, still, still pretty badass for an Alabama guy. So, um, you know, we go on these like little, uh, 15 minute walks or something around a lake or hike up a hill or something. And everybody's like huffing and puffing, trying to get up the hill. Most of them are out of shape, but, um, and I'm like stopping and running off in the woods and dis- disappearing. I'm like, where is Stuart? And eventually they just, they just left me alone. And I'm like, I'll find you. I'll find you at the workshop later. Uh, I'm sure it gets on people's nerves, but I don't care. I go for it. Yeah, I think uh, both Scotty and and Ryan wrote here as well as uh, my wife. Uh, if they could count how many times I've literally laid in a center line on a straight stretch with them, hundred yards ahead, screaming, "Get out of the road!" When I'm trying to take, whether it's a lightning storm, the sun going down, um, you know, some kind of a car, like a car getting getting you know on a rolling hill, getting cars coming to you know towards me with you know maybe a refinery in the background. Like again, stopping time yeah. um, is a dangerous hobby at times when you're dumb enough to lay in the road. But man, I've got I love those road photos, especially sometimes I'll get that one two crazy compression, low depth of field, um, where right in front of me, that first yellow line is, is, uh, you know, crystal clear, like crisp. Uh, and then it's kind of obviously blurred background, you know, but I'm also, I'm sure people are looking at me like a, you know, the local farmer, what's this fucking guy doing laying in the road, you know? (laughs) Well, the, the, uh, so South Dakota, well, I've been there before, but I've never hunted there until this year. And like, we're in like, uh, around the Buffalo area. And the um, like going through some of like the badlands. I guess there's a couple ways to get there from. I think I flew into um, God, was it Rapid City or Rapid Fall, whatever that airport is. And um, so like going up there, like you know, you can go through the badlands or parts of it. And there's like long stretches of roads where you got these like crazy land formations. I mean, how badass is that? And they're just driving by it, take it for granted <laughs> type of thing. I'm with you. I think it's awesome. I, uh, the other day when I was heading out uh, to, you know, longer drive to, to, to Scotty. So it's, I don't know, 14 hours. So I left at like three in the morning and um, the town Sinclair on the way to where we're at in Wyoming um, is a, it's basically a refinery and, you know, is is whatever you look at it as refineries and oil and gas uh, on that cloudy ish morning with all of those, um, stacks pumping, um, smoke out of them and the lighting in that refinery, that was, I I didn't have time to stop. I say that I should have stopped. That would have been one of the coolest photos in my mind's eye when I'm looking at it. Uh, so to a point, I'm going to drive back down there two and a half hours and take that photo and hopefully mimic that look. Now, People have driven by that fine refinery a million and a half times and probably never thought, man, that would make an amazing photo because it's a fucking refinery. But to me, I'm like, okay, that yeah. definitely stops time. The lighting is amazing. All the lights in the refinery, like, 
we'll see. I guess if you see a refinery photo, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'll be taking it and it's negative five <laughs> over <good>. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen some of the stuff uh, out there. I guess that's, what is it, top of top of uh, Texas or top, what, what is the, what's, what's the place you go to in, in Texas? Um well, the, 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 the property or whatever we have is down in Van Horn, uh, for our dad okay. and things like that. And then the property that, that yeah. we hunt on for whitetail is, uh, up North more tight towards like Amarillo or East of Amarillo. Okay. Yeah. The, the all dad stuff, the, you know, all those rocks and all that. I didn't, you know, I've, I've driven through Texas and not really paid attention to some of that, but I don't, I don't think I've ever been out there, but man, that is really really cool areas um you know some of the shots that that uh you guys get out there is pretty badass yeah yeah i need to do that sometime for sure yeah yeah you'd like it but well man before i keep you on any any longer i uh i should probably get back to work uh here myself um but i i appreciate you hopping on the the podcast and can you um let everybody know where they can kind of check out your work again yeah, dude, anytime. Um, so yeah, so Instagram again is, uh, my handle on there is s.g.holmes. Uh, I got a little YouTube thing going on there, uh, at, uh, Archer's Insight and, uh, DM me, whatever. I'm pretty open. You can ask Aaron. <laughs> I'm pretty much game for just about anything if I can work it into my calendar. Well, cool. Well, right on, man. Thank you so much uh, again for hopping on and, uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you soon. Yeah, man. My pleasure. Thanks. Thanks.